Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 96 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 179 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended April 18th, 2020. Welcome. So things are getting bad quickly in America, folks. The gravity of the situation, in some perspective, uh, a month ago, we were just passing the death toll of 100 Americans from the coronavirus. This week, we surpassed the number of Americans who died in the Korean War. In one month time, that war lasted for three years, we surpassed 37,000 Americans dead from this coronavirus. And as we've been learning in these podcasts via reporting, now via data and studies, much of this was preventable. If we had acted on this early, and we're finding out new information each week about how early Trump knew about what was coming our way, and if we had faced a crisis rather than him trying to lie, blame, and gaslight, which he is now continuing to do, that's the photo of this week's list, putting Americans back to danger by fueling people on the far right to take to the streets and say they want to go back to work. And our country is still not in a position where we've seen much of any flattening throughout much of the country. Some of the early states have flattened, such as New York, Washington, California. Many states are just now seeing a surge. So this is beyond reprehensible. Trump has done nothing of any magnitude other than shutting down flights to China, which he did, uh, he ordered in late January. However, as we talked about two weeks ago, the New York Times reported 40,000 people still came from China despite the lockdown. But the early epicenter of the U.S. in the outbreak, New York City, as we discussed, those people did not come from China. They came from Europe on flights. And they were here for half a month walking around. People didn't realize they were infected. We didn't have tests. And now here we are in New York City. We're going to be talking about the death toll. So what did Trump do this week? Did he take aggressive action? Did he do anything? No. He spent the whole week tweeting, holding these daily press briefings, which are meant to be task force briefings on the coronavirus, but have basically substituted for campaign rallies that still CNN and MSNBC are covering and broadcasting live. Of course, Fox News as well. Thankfully, the major networks are not, but they're still sending reporters, still acting like these are official coronavirus anythings when all they are are daily press briefings where he jabs at reporters and self-aggrandizes about what a great job he does and lies and lies and lies. This week, he's shown through shiny coins every day, which are media chased. Like, I, I can't even believe we haven't learned our lessons from 2016. On Monday, he proclaimed he was, he, not the governors, had absolute authority to reopen the country, and he had absolute power. On Tuesday, he halted funding to the WHO. On Wednesday, he threatened to adjourn Congress. On Thursday, he announced his plan, which wasn't even actually a plan to reopen the economy. And on Friday, he encouraged protesters with tweets to liberate. That's all in one week, every day throwing a shiny coin. 
Look away from all the bodies lining up. Look away from the fact that we're losing more than 2,000 American lives every day. And the leading cause of death in the United States is coronavirus and Donald J. Trump. As the week came to an end, the United States accounts for almost one in three of all coronavirus cases worldwide and nearly one in four of all deaths from the coronavirus. So we're going to get into it this week. There's a lot of items that I'm presenting up front before we get into the bullets of the week playing out that are just telling markers for where we are in time. Started out on Tuesday, the Washington Post reported Trump has made more than 18,000 false or misleading claims in his 1,170 days in office. In the last 75 days, Trump has averaged 23 claims, false claims a day, beating his 22-a-day record in 2019. Stuck in the White House, Trump has used daily briefings as campaign rallies, which have been full of misinformation pinning blame on others, and taking undue credit. Nearly 20% of his lies come on Twitter. On Tuesday, the Washington Post reported in an unprecedented move, the Treasury Department held up stimulus checks. The Internal Revenue Service was rushing to send to 70 million Americans, so Trump's name could be added. The move was finalized late Monday to add, quote, President Donald J. Trump on the left side of the payments. This marked the first time a president's name appeared on an IRS disbursement. Trump had privately suggested to Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin that he formally sign the checks, but that idea was turned down because the president cannot sign off on, it's not authorized to sign disbursements from the U.S. Treasury. On Thursday, a Gallup poll found the rally of support that Trump enjoyed in mid-March in that poll had faded. His approval was 43%, with 54% disapproved, so net negative nine points. Down from 49 approved, 45% disapproved, which was net plus four points in mid-March, so a 13-point net de decrease. Just 30% of Americans expressed satisfaction with the direction of the country. That's down 12 points. Congress approval, however, increased by eight points to 30%, the highest level since 2009. On Thursday, Pew Research found 65% of Americans say Trump's response to the coronavirus was too slow, so two-thirds of Americans. 34% said it was quick. 73% said the worst was still yet to come from the virus. The poll also found 66% of Americans, two-thirds, were more concerned that state governments will lift restrictions too early, while only 32% were concerned they would not be lifted quickly enough. On Saturday, the U.S. death toll from the coronavirus topped 20,000 and stood at 20,389. The director of the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation said the U.S. likely saw its peak of daily death tolls at 2,074. That, we're going to find out this week, was false. On Saturday, reproductive rights groups filed an emergency request asking the Supreme Court to ease a March 23rd order in Texas, banning medical providers from performing on essential surgeries, including abortion. On Monday, the ACLU asked, sued Arkansas to block a state order preventing that state's sole clinic from performing abortions. We've talked about several of these stories in the past couple of weeks. GOP governors using these stay-at-home lockdowns and medical emergencies to stop abortion. 
On Saturday, about 10,000 cars lined up in Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, which is helping to feed the poor. More than 2 million people in California have filed for unemployment since mid-March. Food banks across the country are struggling to cope with a huge surge of Americans needing food. San Antonio Food Bank's CEO, Eric Cooper, told today's show that this is the worst he has seen it in his 25 years. On Saturday, the Washington Post reported as Trump announced his opening our council, country council Friday, he has made coronavirus task forces, several forces, but still has no plan to end the coronavirus. The task force frequently have competing goals and agendas, but lack any coordination, and the bureaucracy has left the country unprepared to get medical supplies where needed or plan for a new spike in cases when employees go back to work. Experts say to return to normalcy, nationwide testing, serological testing, and contract tracing are needed. But the regime has not made enough tests available to those who need it, let alone the entire country. One of the major obstacles is Trump, as projects get caught up in the chaos of the White House and advisors need to manage him. Although there are daily meetings, few decisions are made by task force members. Rather, it comes from Trump. In one situation room meeting... Trump wanted to understand the talk of herd immunity and asked, quote, why don't we let this wash over the country? Dr. Anthony Fauci said, Mr. President, many people would die. Dr. Deborah Burks also formed a group with six doctors to meet daily, including Fauci, the FDA and CDC directors, and the Surgeon General, which arose from the need to moderate Trump's voodoo and public messaging. On Saturday, NBC News reported Jared Kushner and his cronies are getting involved in the supply chain and distribution of medical supplies, causing weeks of delays and disorganization as they clashed with career officials. FEMA has also taken steps from some hospitals, including has taken supplies from some hospitals, including Kaiser Permanente in San Francisco's Bay Area. The hospital was notified, quote, FEMA is intervening and taking U.S. supply. And then they were left with a shortfall. The task force has operated entirely in the dark with no accountability. Third-party distributors have also inserted themselves into getting goods to the government from factories abroad for undisclosed profits. On Saturday, Trump allies Representative Andy Biggs and Ken Bunk criticized Fauci, saying in the Washington Times in an op-ed that he may be doing more harm than good by keeping the economy economy closed with social distancing. On Saturday, Trump sent the afternoon and evening spent the afternoon and evening sending a flurry of tweets praising praise C-SPAN for a segment on trade deals, adding, quote, our trade deals will be having a big impact on our country as they kick in. Trump attacked the media, tweeting, quote, when the failing New York Times or Amazon Washington Post writes a story saying unnamed sources don't believe them, most of these unnamed sources don't exist. Both newspapers had stories critical of Trump's coronavirus response. Trump added, quote, does anyone ever notice how few quotes from an actual person are given nowadays by the lame street media and fake news? Trump also tweeted, so this is Saturday afternoon as Americans are dying. I just, I, I put these in because this is what he's doing rather than taking any action to stop the coronavirus outbreak that's happening in our country. Trump also tweeted, quote, watching Fox News on weekend afternoon is a total waste of time. We now have some great alternatives like OAN, referencing Fox News competitor, One American News Network. So again, this is what 
the leader of our country is doing during a pandemic that's killing thousands a day. Trump also tweeted, quote, the Wall Street Journal editorial board doesn't have a clue on how to fight and win, adding, quote, if we followed their standards, we'd have no country left. They should love Sleepy Joe. Trump added, quote, so now the fake news New York Times is tracing the coronavirus origins back to Europe, not China. This is a first, adding, quote, they were recently thrown out of China like dogs, and obviously they want back in. Sad. That was the New York Times quoting data from studies done that shows New York City in mid-February got infected from people who were traveling from Europe. Later Saturday, Trump tweeted, quote, crying Chuck doesn't have a clue, couldn't care less about American workers, quoting a tweet about 17 Americans losing their jobs. Later Saturday, Trump phoned in to Fox News, Fox News host Janine Priero, saying he will make the call about reopening the economy himself and describing it as possibly, quote, the toughest decision he will ever make. Trump said he will make the decision based on conversations with, quote, smart people, including doctors and business leaders, adding, quote, whether we like it or not, there is a certain instinct to it. People want to get back to work. In other words, is going to leave it up to his instinct. Trump added, quote, I think we'll have a tremendous surge. I think it's going to be like a rocket ship, adding, quote, we still have to remember all the people that perished. We did it the right way. We'll be back bigger. On Saturday, the Miami Herald, and there's a lot of stories this week about, I truly am very worried about Florida and what's going to happen there. Their governor is acting so irresponsibly. On Saturday, the Miami Herald reported Florida Governor Rick DeSantis's general counsel pressured the Herald's law firm to quash a public records lawsuit seeking information on deaths at nursing homes from COVID-19. On Saturday, the Tampa Bay Times reported Florida is undercounting deaths as the Florida Department of Health has not included snowbirds who die there. So far, there are 40 deaths not counted. On Monday, DeSantis removed Florida Surgeon General Scott Rifkes from his cabinet after Rifkes said in a video that social distancing measures would need to continue until there is a vaccine. On Sunday, The Guardian reported that Trump's coronavirus response has further damaged the United States' reputation, tarnishing its reputation as a country that knows how to do things effectively. Allies are also upset over Trump blocking a shipment of medical supplies headed to Germany, his regime calling COVID-19 the Wuhan virus, and his unwillingness to create a global task force to combat the virus. On Sunday, NBC News reported nearly 2,500 nursing homes in 36 states are battling the coronavirus, significantly higher than the 400 homes estimated on March 30th. Without federal reporting requirements in place, there is a large variation in how states gather information on the virus and their willingness to disclose it. NBC estimates 2,246 deaths in nursing homes from the coronavirus. On Sunday, the New York Times reported a study in Brazil of coronavirus patients taking a high dose of chloroquine, a drug related to hydrochloroquine, the drug that, that Trump has been hailing as the game changer, was halted after patients developed irregular heart rates. On Sunday, Trump continued his flurries of tweets, saying, quote, for the first time in history, there is a fully signed presidential disaster declaration for all 50 states, adding, quote, we are winning the war on the invisible enemy. Trump also tweeted, just watch Mike Wallace wannabe Chris Wallace, adding, 
What the hell is happening to Fox News? It's a whole new ballgame over there. It was unclear what remarks caused his ire. Trump added, quote, and this is all, you know, again, sitting at residence, watching cable TV and tweeting. That's all Trump did all weekend. Trump added, if the fake news opposition party is pushing with all their might that he ignored early warnings, then why did the media and Dems viciously criticize me when I instituted a travel ban on China? On Sunday, Dr. Fauci told State of the Union that, quote, if you started mitigation earlier, in other words, in February, as opposed to middle March, quote, you could have saved lives. Fauci added, quote, what goes into these decisions is complicated, adding, quote, you're right. I mean, obviously, if we had been right from the beginning and very beginning, shut everything down, it would be a little bit different. Fauci said there's a lot of pushback about shutting things down. If we look at from a pure health standpoint, we make a recommendation. Often the recommendation is taken, sometimes it's not. Shortly after, Trump lashed out at Fauci, quoting a tweet that read, time to fire Fauci. Trump also tweeted, quote, governors get your state's testing, programs and apparatus perfected, no excuses, repeating states are on their own, and the false claim, quote, we are testing more than any country in the world on the per capita basis that is far from true. On Sunday, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam signed new measures into law, making Election Day a state holiday and expanding early voting to 45 days before an election. Later Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, I am working hard to expose the corruption and dishonesty in the lamestream media. That part is easy. The hard part is why. Trump also tweeted, quote, The New York Times story is fake, just like the paper itself. I was criticized for moving too fast when I issued the China ban long before most others wanted to do so, adding fake news. On Monday, Pew Research found 29% of Americans believe COVID-19 was created in a lab, and just 43% believe it developed naturally. On Monday, ABC News anchor George Stephanopoulos said he tested it positive for COVID-19 but did not have any symptoms. His wife had, he contracted the, wife from his, the disease from his wife, excuse me, the virus from his wife, who did become very sick from it. On Monday, the Office of Refugee Resettlement, the federal agency charged with the care of migrant children, said 27 had tested positive for the coronavirus, six have recovered, the rest were in isolation. On Monday, the Navy reported the first death from the coronavirus-infected USS Theodore Roosevelt. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said the death was the first among active duty members of the military. On Monday, ESPN reported Florida Governor DeSantis deemed WWE an essential business in an April 9th memo, which could also open doors for other sports to resume in Florida. The state at that point had 21,000 cases and 570 deaths. DeSantis later told reporters, quote, we've never had a period like this in modern American history where you've had such a lot little such little new content, adding people are watching, we're watching like reruns from the early 2000s. This is the governor of Florida. WWE is run by Vince McMahon, husband of Linda McMahon. There's always a reason why these things happen. Linda McMahon, as we know, served in Trump's cabinet on April 9th. Linda McMahon, who now runs a pro-Trump super PAC, announced it will spend $18.5 million on advertising in Florida the same day the memo got written. 
On Monday, the Washington Post reported the CIA has privately advised its workers, its workforce, that taking hydrocroxylene has potentially dangerous side effects, including sudden death. Sudden death. The warning came on March 27th, as we know, Trump several weeks after has been calling this a game changer and encouraging people to take it. And we're seeing reporting in the nightly news that patients who uh, are being given the, the opportunity to take drugs that potentially work are saying, no, we want what Trump said we should take on TV. On Monday, the FBI issued a warning for fraud schemes related to testing, saying, quote, bad actors are selling fake COVID-19 test tests kits, and unapproved treatments through calls, social media, and door-to-door visits. On Tuesday, the Daily Beast reported FEMA shipped out nearly 20 million hydrocroxylene tablets to cities across the country hit by coronavirus. Expert warns, experts warn the drug's efficacy is anecdotal. On Monday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced New York has surpassed 10,000 deaths, including 671 on Easter, but said the worst is over as hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and intubations continue to decline. On Monday, the New York City Schools Chancellor announced 50 Department of Education employees had died from the coronavirus. The New York Police Department had 20 deaths, and 50 Metropolitan Transit employees had also died. On Monday, after Trump's tweet on fire Fauci, the White House said in a statement, it is, quote, ridiculous to think Trump would fire him. And, quote, the tweet clearly exposed media attempts to maliciously push a falsehood. That's called gaslighting. On Monday, Trump tweeted, quote, for the purpose of creating conflict and confusion, some in the fake news media are saying it is a governor's decision to open up the states, adding, quote, this is incorrect. Trump tweeted, quote, is the decision of the president, and for many good reasons, adding, quote, a decision by me in conjunctions with the governor's and input from others will be made shortly. Shortly after, Trump announced a task force on reopening the economy, including Ivanka Jared, his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, and cabinet members. I tweeted, and many agree, I wouldn't allow my these people to walk my dogs, let alone should they be deciding on reopening our economy. On Monday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced his state, along with New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Delaware, will form a regional task force to guide reopening their economies. So this is after Trump tweeted it's going to be up to him. So there's six states. On Monday, the governors of California, Oregon, and Washington state also announced a Western state pack to work together on reopening their economies. Later Monday, Cuomo said Massachusetts would be the seventh state to be in their coalition, notably the only state of the 10 so far with a Republican governor. That was happening during the day Monday. On Monday, Trump's re-election campaign filed a defamation lawsuit against a Wisconsin television station for running an ad by Democratic Super PAC Priorities USA, which included a clip of him saying in his own words, the virus was a hoax. On Monday, in a letter to, from Senator Chuck Grassley to Trump, seeking an explanation of why Inspector General Michael Atkinson was fired, gained signatures, having a total of seven from both parties. On Monday, at the daily press briefing, the first in three days, Trump didn't hold one on Saturday or Sunday, as the death toll passed 23,000 Americans, Trump held a two-and-a-half-hour campaign rally 
style briefing in which he reeled off his enemies list, attacked reporters, and took no responsibility. The briefing opened with Fauci walking back his statements in an apparent statement to appease Trump, saying Trump listened to recommendations, and it was a wrong choice of words that he made Sunday morning when saying if we had started earlier, we would have had less deaths. Trump then played a video put together by White House aides that was labeled by media outlets as propaganda. The video was criticized by the media. It was a video of the media criticizing his response, intersped with media clips of loyalists praising him. ABC John Carl asked Trump about the video, saying, quote, I've never seen a video like that played in this room. Trump bragged, quote, we have far better than that. That was nothing compared to some that we have. Trump said, quote, everything we did was right. Trump complained about being, quote, brutalized by the press, then added, quote, but I guess I'm doing okay because to the best of my knowledge, I'm the president of the United States. Trump said of his new economic task force, quote, we're going to be putting out guidelines and recommendations fairly quickly within a few days on reopening the economy, adding Ivanka and Jared will not be part of it, however. Akin to a campaign rally, Trump said, you know, I don't mind controversy. I think controversy is a good thing, not a bad thing, while attacking, quote, sleepy Joe Biden, who he said had criticized him and the fake news. So again, this is like a campaign rally that CNN and NBC are broadcasting live as Americans are sitting at home. When CBS News, Paula Reed asked Trump about the gap in the video that he had shown in the beginning of the press briefing, and as inaction during the entire month of February, Trump snapped that he did, quote, a lot, a lot, and added, quote, you know you're a fake. Trump also made the remarkable and false claim, quote, when somebody is the president of the United States, the authority is total, in response to states forming groups to coordinate reopening. Trump said, quote, I'm going to put it very simply, the president of the United States has the authority to do what the president has the authority to do which is very powerful. The president of the United States calls the shots. This again is not true. When asked by CNN's Caitlin Collins about his remarks, saying, quote, you said when someone is the president of the United States, their authority is total. That's not true. Who told you that? Trump responded, quote, the governors need us and snapped enough. Shortly after, CNN's Jim Acosta said, quote, that is the biggest meltdown. I have ever seen from the president of the United States in my career, from any president of the United States in my career, adding Trump, quote, sounds like he is out of control. Acosta said Trump is realizing, quote, the walls are closing in on him when it comes to managing this crisis, adding, quote, he ignored the severity of the crisis for a couple of months, and now he's trying to seize control. On Monday, several Republicans rebuked Trump. Representative Liz Cheney, the number three Republican in the House, tweeted, quote, the federal government does not have absolute power, citing the 10th Amendment. On Monday, in a surprise upset in swing state Wisconsin, remember we talked about these voter suppression happening last week when people were forced to vote, despite the state being having a stay-at-home order, the Supreme Court ruling, uh, and despite many polling stations, especially in Milwaukee, where uh, the population has a large uh, input from African-American voters, and there are very few polling places. Despite all that, liberal challenger Jill Karofsky 
beat Trump-endorsed GOP candidate for the state Supreme Court by an 11-point margin. So that was pretty amazing and not a good sign for Republicans about what's to come. On Tuesday morning, Trump tweeted in capital letters without any evidence, get rid of ballot harvesting. It is rampant with, a, with fraud. The USA must have voter ID, the only way to get an honest count. On Tuesday, Cuomo said if Trump, quote, wants a fight, he's not going to get it from me, adding Trump is, quote, wrong on the law, and, quote, we don't have a king in this country. We didn't want a king, so we have a constitution. On Tuesday, Trump responded to Cuomo, tweeting, quote, Cuomo's been calling daily, even hourly, begging for everything, most of which should have been the state's responsibility, and falsely claiming, I got it all done for him. Trump threatened, quote, tell the Democratic governors that Mutiny on the Bounty was one of my favorite movies, adding, quote, it is exciting and invigorating to watch, quote, especially when the mutineers need so much. On Tuesday, Fauci told AP in an interview that the U.S., quote, is not there yet to reopen the economy, saying critical testing and tracing procedures are still needed, adding a May 1 target is a, quote, bit overly optimistic for some areas. On Tuesday, Speaker Nancy Pelosi tweeted, quote, the truth is that in January, Donald Trump was warned about the pandemic ignored those warnings, took insufficient evidence, and caused unnecessary death and disaster. Pelosi added, quote, now more than ever, we need the truth, and added, quote, the truth is a weak person, a poor leader, takes no responsibility. A weak person blames others. In a letter to House Democrats, Pelosi said, quote, we will overcome this moment, but success requires, quote, we need truth. And, quote, Americans must ignore the lies and start to listen to scientists and other professionals. On Tuesday, the U.S. death toll surpassed 25,000, accounting for 20% of the deaths worldwide. And the number of cases passed 600,000, about U.S. having about 30% of worldwide cases. On Tuesday, the New York Daily News reported the Navajo Nation had recorded an alarming rate of coronavirus infections with more than 800 cases and 28 deaths. In a two-week span, the number of cases jumped 367%. On Tuesday, Representative Trey Hollingsworth of Indiana said in a radio interview, quote, given the choice between loss of our way of life as Americans and the loss of life, that, quote, we have always to choose the latter, loss of life. This was a uh, continuation. We've been talking last week about Republicans trying to diminish the growing loss of life in America and to diminish who's dying and to take away credibility from the numbers. That's been their way of battling back from what the reality is as the bodies pile up. On Tuesday, the International Monetary Fund warned that the global economy will likely suffer the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression due to the coronavirus pandemic. On Tuesday, Trump announced the Dynamic Ventilator Reserve Plan at a meeting with healthcare executives, a public-private partnership, that's Jared's thing, where unused ventilators will be available to coronavirus hotspots. Again, we know that that's not been the case, that hotspots, New York, Illinois, have asked for it from ventilators from the government and gotten none. The White House said as many as 60,000 ventilators at hospitals around the country were not being used. Notably, state governors had already started to work together to share ventilators. On Tuesday, so again, you see Trump trying to assert the 
federal government when they've done nothing. And now you have governors starting to work together and just ignoring him, as he says he is absolute authority. On Tuesday, New York City's health department increased the city's death toll by 3,778 victims who had died since March 11th listed as probable, meaning the victims were not tested but were presumed to have died from the virus. The addition brought New York City's total to more than 10,000 deaths. The CDC said in its guidelines that, quote, assumed coronavirus infections should be noted on death certificates since the city recorded its first death on March 14th. Epidemiologists, experts, noted the virus is moving very fast, so counting is challenging. But including these deaths offers a more accurate accounting of the actual impact of the pandemic. A fuller study will take months. Cuomo said, quote, we will begin reporting all categories of fatalities pursuant to the new CDC guidelines and are contacting facilities to get updated numbers, adding additional people may have died not in hospitals. On Tuesday, in an op-ed, two epidemiologists said their data showed if Trump had put social distancing into effect on March 2nd instead of March 16th, 90% of the deaths from the first wave could have been avoided. I'm going to say that again. Data showed that if Trump had put social distancing into effect on March 2nd instead of March 6th, 90% of the deaths from the first wave could have been avoided. They warned states that have had not issued stay-at-home orders to do so, citing the lockdowns are not a solution, but they buy time to prepare for further waves and develop treatments and vaccines. On Tuesday at a briefing, Trump sought to shift blame. On Monday, it was absolute authority. On Tuesday, to shift blame to the World Health Organization, announcing he was halting U.S. funding pending a review and saying, quote, so much death has been caused by their mistakes. The WHO first raised an alert of the outbreak on January 5th. Trump and his allies focused on a January 14th WHO tweet saying there is, quote, no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission which was updated on January 23rd. Trump claimed the WHO, quote, willingly took part of China's assurances at face value and pushed China's misinformation. However, on January 24th, Trump himself tweeted, quote, China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. Trump said, quote, many countries said we're going to listen to the WHO and they have problems, the like of which they cannot believe. Notably, Trump again minimized the threat until mid-March. Trump backed off his absolute authority, saying, quote, I will be speaking to all 50 governors very shortly, and I will then be authorizing each individual governor of each individual state to implement a reopening. Speaking on how to reopen the country, Trump also echoed comments by Florida Governor DeSantis, saying, quote, we have to get our sports back. I'm tired of watching baseball games that are 14 years old. On Tuesday, Richard Horton, editor-in-chief of the Lancet Medical Journal, tweeted, quote, Trump's decision to defund WHO is simply a crime against humanity, calling it appalling betrayal. On Wednesday, Bill Gates tweeted, quote, halting funding for the World Health Organization during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds, adding, quote, their work is slowing the spread of COVID-19. On Wednesday, CDC Director Robert Redfield also parted with Trump, heaping praise on the WHO in an interview on CBS this morning. 
and saying any review would be left until after we get through this, should be left till after we get through this. On Wednesday, Pelosi said on Trump's halting of the funds, this is another case, as I've said, of the president's ineffective response that a weak person, a poor leader, takes no responsibility. Pelosi added, quote, sadly, Trump is disregarding science and undermining the heroes fighting on the front lines. This decision is dangerous, illegal, and will be swiftly challenged. On Monday, the Washington Post reported after South Dakota's Governor Kristi Noem refused to issue a stay-at-home order for her state, one of the largest clusters in the U.S. has developed at a Sioux Fall port processing plant with more than 300 ill as of Monday. Local leaders, public health experts, and frontline medical workers begged Noam to act as 57 more of the plant tested positive Monday. Instead, at a press conference, she touted hydrocroxylene as a potential breakthrough. She acknowledged that based on scientific modeling, up to 70% of the people in her state could contract the coronavirus, and she said it was not up to the government to tell residents how to behave. On Thursday... And this is how it spreads. So I put these stories together. That was Monday. On Thursday, AP reported Smithfield Foods will temporarily close plants in Wisconsin and Missouri. The Missouri plant received raw materials from the company's plant in South Dakota. Smithfield also said it closed its, its facility in South Dakota, where now 518 employees were infected, as well as an additional 126 people in South Dakota connected to the people that worked at the plant. A small number of employees in Wisconsin and Missouri have also tested positive. This is how it spreads, folks. On Thursday, the Washington Post reported shutdowns and closures at the country's biggest beef processing plants due to the coronavirus outbreak have reduced production by as much as 25%. So we've been talking about dangers to our food supply. Here's another example. On Tuesday, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker told CNN, quote, we've gotten very little help from our federal government, adding, quote, I've given up on any promises. They are, quote, nearly irrelevant when it comes to testing. Now we're going to talk about a series of stories about Fox News and the disinformation campaign. On Tuesday, Dr. Mehmet Oz, also known as Dr. Oz, told Fox News host Tucker Carlson, quote, we need our mojo back. Adding some of the things could be opened, quote, without getting into a lot of trouble, such as schools, calling it a, quote, very appetizing opportunity. Oz said, based on his reading of a new medical journal study, resuming classes, quote, may only cost us 2 to 3% in terms of total mortality, including that might be a trade-off that some folks would consider. In other words, 2 to 3% increase in mortality, deaths at schools. Later, Dr. Oz apologized in a video saying, quote, I misspoke, adding the goal is to discuss how to get our children safely back to school as he was asked how to be able to get people back to their normal lives. Oz is a controversial figure, having been a regular on Fox News programming during the pandemic, including hyping hydrocroxylene, praising Governor Noam for keeping her state open and dismissing Fauci and telling viewers to be hopeful. On Thursday, talk show host Dr. Phil told Fox News host Laura Ingram that we do not shut down the economy for lung cancer, car crashes, or pool drownings. Notably, none of these are contagious. McGraw appeared after Fauci in a segment in which Ingram said, 
We don't have a vaccine for SARS or HIV, life went on, saying COVID-19 could disappear. And Fauci said, these kinds of viruses don't just disappear. Dr. Phil, who has a doctorate in clinical psychology, nothing to do with infectious disease, responded to Fauci's comments, warning on the toll on mental health and citing incorrect statistics and talking points which have been disputed by health experts. On Wednesday, White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway falsely claims on Fox on Friends that the World Health Organization should have been on top of the novel coronavirus because this is COVID-19, not COVID-1. According to the CDC, CO stands for corona, VI stands for virus, and D stands for disease, that's COVID. The 19 refers to the year 2019, the year that the outbreak began, not because it was a 19th appearance, as Conway implied. So that's some of the misinformation on Fox News. On Wednesday, the Empire State Manufacturing Index for April collapsed negative 78 points, far worse than the negative 30 Two percent experienced expected by economists. A previous record low was negative 34% during the 2008 financial crisis. On Wednesday, the Commerce Department reported U.S. retail sales plunged 8.7%, the biggest drop on record since the agency started tracking. On Wednesday, global cases of coronavirus passed 2 million, with U.S. accounting for 30.4%. Global stocks fell and oil prices hit a 18-year low. On Wednesday, a new Daily Coast poll found 45% of Americans who frequently watch Fox News believe the U.S. coronavirus death toll is inflated compared to 11% who do not watch the network. On Wednesday, Cuomo announced New York would tighten social distancing measures requiring hospitals, excuse me, requiring residents to wear masks when in public as hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and intubations fell, but deaths remained high. On Wednesday, in Operation Gridlock, protesters in MAGA hats carrying American and Confederate flags in Lansing, Michigan, caused a traffic jam near the Capitol to protest the state's stay-at-home order. Protesters yelled, lock her up and we will not comply about Governor Gretchen Whitmer was organized by groups including Michigan Conservative Coalition, whose founder is a political advisor to Betsy DeVos. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer said she was, quote, disappointed to see people congregating and not wearing masks, saying, quote, we know that this rally endangered people. The state has 28,000 cases and 1,900 deaths. Fox News also covered the protests, with Tucker Carlson calling Whitmer's order, quote, petty authoritarianism and protesters appearing on Fox News shows. Protests also took place in North Carolina and Ohio. The picture with this week's list is that protest in Michigan. Not very well attended, but very well covered by our media who loves to hype men that are wearing uh, Nazi gear and carrying assault weapons, semi-automatic assault weapons and Confederate flags. Nothing our media loves more than that. On Wednesday, NBC News reported the number of deaths in nursing homes nearly doubled since last week to 5,620. On Wednesday, German Chancellor Angela Merkel announced plans to gradually reopen from the lockdown. Germany has had far fewer cases and deaths per capita than the U.S. due to a mass testing and early lockdown. On Wednesday, the Washington Post reported Trump spent much of his day hosting calls for industry executives and business groups 
as part of his hastily formed task force to push for reopening the economy. Many chief executives warned against a May 1st reopening and urged the White House to focus on mass testing. Some were notified of the call in advance, while others heard Trump say their name on Tuesday's briefing. And that's how they learned they were part of this. Politico reported that several chief executives missed Trump's call with Wall Street leaders and other leaders could not get through. One top executive described it as a, quote, shit show that produced little substance. New York Times reported Cisco and McDonald's learned about their inclusion when Trump mentioned them Tuesday. Pfizer got a heads up that they would be mentioned without any information about the purpose of the group. There was also confusion with the White House, excuse me, with the House and Senate where members were abruptly notified they had been selected for a congressional task force in an email on Wednesday and were told, not asked, to be part of it. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported Trump's new chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is having a tough adjustment to the position. It does not help that Meadows is emotional and cries at times, while Trump likes to to display strength. Trump also sees emotion as weakness. What functioned well for for in Congress for Meadows is not working in the White House with a constant infighting, lack of process, and moves subject to Trump's daily whims. Meadows was caught off guard when the press office blasted out a list of people selected to be part of the groups advising Trump on reopening, a list compiled at the direction of Jared Kushner, and created a debacle on the rollout. On Wednesday at the daily briefing, without providing details, Trump said the worst is over, We have passed the peak of new cases, he said. Hopefully that will continue and we will continue to make great progress. Trump bragged and made misstatements about testing and antibodies and said these would put us on a path to reopening, saying, quote, these developments have put us in a strong position to finalize guidelines for states reopening. Trump added, quote, today I spoke to the leaders of many of our nation's most renowned companies and organizations on, quote, the full resurgence of the American economy And in quote, we want our country open again. Again, we talked about a Pew poll at the top of this podcast. Two-thirds of Americans do not want the the country open again. So Trump is making this up. Trump said he would speak to governors about reopening, backing off from ordering, which he had said he had authority to do Monday, uh, rolling back these restrictions, saying they'll be safe, they'll be strong, but we want to get our country back will be the comeback kid. Trump also insisted that Republican leaders immediately call the Senate back into session to confirm his nominees, calling it a, quote, dereliction of duty the American people can't afford during the crisis. Trump added, it's a scam what they do, saying Congress should end its, quote, phony pro forma sessions, and or he threatened he would use very strong power afforded to him by the Constitution to force an adjournment. On Wednesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell dismissed Trump's threat, saying the Senate would re- would operate and, quote, pledge to find ways to confirm nominees considered mission critical to the pandemic. So that's the second time Trump has threatened to do something that's illegal. On Wednesday, Senator John Kennedy told Fox News host Tucker Carlson, quote, we've got to reopen, adding, quote, when we do, the coronavirus is going to spread faster, calling it making a hard decision with cold, hard facts. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported after an anonymous call, police in New Jersey found 70 bodies crammed into a small morgue 
in a nursing home meant to hold up to four. On Wednesday, there were a record high 2,569 U.S. deaths from the coronavirus reported in the 24 hours ended 8 p.m., bringing the total to more 28,000 deaths in the United States. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported the Navy is considering reinstating Captain Brett Crozier, who's viewed as a hero by his crew for putting their lives ahead of his career. On Wednesday, Michael Caputo, remember him? A former Trump 2016 campaign advisor and associate of Roger Stone, who was interviewed in the Mueller probe, was named spokesperson for the Health and Human Services Department. Politico reported, Lawyer Liz Caputo was installed by Trump to give the White House more control over HHS, as they believed Secretary Alex Azar had been behind critical reports of Trump's handling of the pandemic. So he's installing Michael Caputo, who is one of these, I called it recycling trash. He's one of these loyalists and is sort of this joke of a person. And he's putting him in HHS as a spokesperson in order to spy on Azar. That is where we are in this country. On Wednesday, CNBC reported the tool launched by the Internal Revenue Service to track Americans' stimulus relief checks did not work for many. Instead, they were given an error message that read, payment status not available. On Thursday, the Commerce Department reported U.S. housing starts fell 22% in March from the prior period. The housing decline was the worst since the 1980s. Thursday, the Labor Department reported 5.2 million Americans filed for unemployment, bringing the total to 22 million jobs lost in the coronavirus, wiping out nearly all job gains since the 2008 Great Recession. On Thursday, the Small Business Loan Program, known as the Paycheck Protection Program, an initial $349 billion pool for emergency loans for small businesses passed by Congress, ran out of money. On Thursday, Reuters reported Cuomo and six other East Coast governors have hired McKinsey to develop a plan to reopen the states, seeking to counter Trump's pressure to move rapidly and all at once. Deloitte is also involved in developing a regional plan. An aide for New York Governor Phil Murphy said the goal is to, quote, Trump-proof the plan. On Thursday, Fauci told ABC News the U.S. would return to normal, but it will not be a light switch turned on and would likely be some degree of modification of behavior for citizens during the summer months. Fauci said scientists still do not know everything about the virus and what it is capable of doing. Adding, quote, it is entirely conceivable that we will see a rebound as we get into the seasonal situation, such as next fall or winter of the coronavirus. On Thursday, and this was quite something, Reuters reported the Kremlin said it would accept a, quote, kind offer by Trump to ship ventilators to the Russia if they need them. Russia had nearly 28,000 cases and 232 dead. He's going to keep reminding us that Trump has refused to send those ventilators to Illinois, New York, and other states that have asked for them. On Thursday, NBC News reported the Association of Public Health Laboratories expressed concern about the reliability of antibody tests not approved by China's FDA being used by at least two states. On Thursday, the governors of seven mostly Midwestern states, including Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Kentucky, said they would coordinate on reopening their economies. 
The Midwest Coalition joined the 10 states on the East and West Coasts, totaling 17 states working together, including three states with the Republican governors, despite Trump's early week proclamation of absolute authority. On Thursday at the Daily Briefing, Trump announced federal guidelines for a slow and staggered return to normal activity in three phases, despite political and public health outcry for national testing first. Trump said, quote, America wants to be open and Americans want to be open, saying if we stay shut down, quote, to preserve the health of our citizens, we must also preserve the health and functioning of our economy. Despite Trump repeatedly calling for a May 1st reopening, the plan did not give a specific date for implementation of the three vague phases for reopening the economy, schools, and other gathering places. The plan reversed Trump claiming having total authority on Monday, putting control in the hands of governor, governors. The Washington Post reported in a morning call with governors, Trump said, quote, you're going to call your own shots. Asked about anti-restriction protests, Trump said, quote, it's been a tough process for people, adding, quote, it's not just this isn't wonderful to stay at home, they're having, they're also suffering. The Washington Post also reported, according to current and former senior officials, Trump's strategy of letting governors decide was to shield him from blame if the reopenings resulted in a new outbreak or other problems. This is remarkable. Trump did not contain a a national testing strategy, leaving states and localities to develop and administer their own testing. So far, 3.3 million Americans have been tested, including 146,000 per day. Although this is a significant improvement from early stumbles, experts say millions of tests are needed per day for reopening. Trump continued to falsely claim the U.S. is, quote, doing the most advanced and robust testing anywhere in the world. Many countries, including South Korea, Germany, and New Zealand, have tested more per capita. There are no senior task force officials in charge of a national testing strategy. In a Thursday call with bipartisan senators, Senators Amy Klobuchar and Trump ally Lindsey Graham have also pushed that testing is key to reopening. On Tuesday, CNN reported the cost of PPE has increased by more than 1,000% amid a surge in demand. The federal government's national stockpile has nearly emptied states' scramble for supplies. On Thursday, the Daily Beast reported reopening gyms was added to phase one of Trump's reopening plan after a Wednesday call with 16 business leaders, including Stephen Ross, owner of Equinox Gyms and SoulCycle. The advice to reopen gyms went against advice of public health experts who warned the format was like a petri dish and social distancing was not possible. Ross threw Trump a big fundraiser last year. On Thursday, Facebook announced it would warn users who have liked or commented on false, misleading, or dangerous information on the coronavirus after the post has been removed by moderators. On Thursday, the New York Times reported Ivanka disregarded federal guidelines against discretionary travel by traveling along with Jared and their three children to Trump's Bedminster Golf Club for Passover. Rules do not apply to them. Citizens this year resorted to family gatherings on Zoom for Seders and Easter Sunday, and governors urged people not to to stay away from their second homes. However, officials defended Ivanka, saying she did not fly commercial. It's hard to make this stuff up. 
<clears throat> on Thursday at a trial for Roger Stone, all 12 of the jurors said they feared for their safety and do not want more information made public about their identity after Trump and far-right media criticized them. Again, <laughs> how remarkable that is, the President of the United States going after jurors and them being concerned about their livelihood and their life. Federal Judge Amy Berman Jackson ruled in an 81-page opinion that Stone does not deserve a retrial after he claimed jury misconduct, saying the four women had not lied about bias, but rather Stone's attorneys had not fully screened her. Stone could appeal in the coming weeks, but he may be ordered to, return, to report to prison to serve his 40-month term at the earliest in two weeks. The gag order against him was also lifted. On Thursday, the FBI notified Michael Cohen that he will be released early from prison in Otisville, New York, where he was serving a three-year sentence after 14 inmates and seven staff members tested positive for coronavirus. On Friday, a study from China found COVID-19 patients may be most infectious before they begin to show symptoms, which is something different than we knew about. Infectious, infectiousness started 2.3 days and peaked 0.7 days before symptoms appeared. On Friday, the Times of Israel, this is a huge story, reported U.S. intelligence alerted Israel and NATO allies about the coronavirus outbreak in China in, eight, in the second week of November using a classified document, November. <laughs> Reportedly, U.S. intelligence had informed the Trump regime as well, quote, which did not deem it of interest, but did decide to update allies. It was unclear if the report was the same one cited by ABC News in week 178. On Friday, citing Fox News, Trump tweeted, quote, Why did the WHO ignore an email from Taiwanese health officials in late December on human-to-human -human transmission? Taiwan and the WHO disagree on that email. Trump also blamed Democrats, tweeting, quote, Today people started losing their jobs because of crazy Nancy Pelosi crying Chuck Schumer and the radical left, adding, and your endless vacation. On Friday, governors in Texas, Michigan, Wisconsin, Idaho, and Minnesota said they would slightly ease off some restrictions on some outdoor and other activities, despite the lack of testing. On Friday, Cuomo said more than 630 New Yorkers had died, bringing the total to 12,822. Cuomo said to reopen, quote, we cannot do it without federal help saying the state cannot handle the needed volume or ramp up to open of testing. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, Cuomo should spend more time doing and less time complaining. Get out there and do your job. Stop talking. Trump added, we, quote, gate we, and I don't know what we is, but gave, quote, a large number of ventilators that you should have had and helped you with testing, claiming, quote, we have given New York far more more than other states, adding, let's talk and more action. Asked by reporters about Trump's tweet, Cuomo said, quote, first of all, he's sitting home watching TV. Maybe you should get up and go to work, right? And, quote, second, let's keep emotion and politics out of this and personal ego. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, quote, Cuomo ridiculously wanted 40,000 ventilators. We gave him a small fraction of that number and it was plenty. States should have had them in a stockpile. Cuomo responded, quote, there are your projections, adding, if we were foolish to li for listening on you to you, shame on us. On Trump asking for thanks, he said, quote, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Send a bouquet of flowers.
Trump also, in addition to fighting with Cuomo, fomented anti-restriction protests, tweeting in a series of tweets in capital letters, Liberate Virginia, Liberate Michigan, Liberate Minnesota. Trump's tweets were a remarkable display of a sitting president egging on protests less than 24 hours after he had said at the news conference that the reopening decision would be left to states. His tweets were sent five minutes after a Fox News segment on the protests featuring protesters in Virginia saying, quote, those of us who are healthy and want to get out of our house and do business, we need to get going. Shortly after Trump's tweets, Washington Governor Jay Inslee said in a statement that tweets, quote, encourage illegal and dangerous actions. He is putting millions of people in danger after contracting COVID-19 and, quote, could also lead to violence. Inslee added Trump is, quote, off the rails, saying, quote, he is not quitting scientists and doctors, but spewing dangerous anti-democratic rhetoric, adding, quote, I hope someday we can look at today's meltdown as something to be pitied. Conservative economist Stephen Moore, a member of the White House Council to Reopen, said, quote, I call these protesters modern-day Rosa Parks. They're protesting against injustice and loss of liberties. That was another remarkable statement. On Friday, Guardian reported protests in Michigan, Ohio, and Kentucky and other states were backed also by right-wing hate groups, including the Proud Boys, as well as conservative armed militia and religion fundamentalists. Trump also tweeted, quote, China has just announced a doubling in the number of their deaths, falsely claiming, quote, it is far higher than that of the United States. At this point, the U.S. had 36,000 dead. China was reporting 4,600. On Friday, the Washington Post reported significant problems with the regime sending out release checks, threatening, threatened by old technology and depleted IRS staff, which is down to 76,000 from 99,000, including senior ranks. While criticism and complaints mounted, Trump deflected by tweeting, quote, Obama, Biden were a disaster in handling H1N1 swine flu, saying 17,000 people died unnecessarily and through incompetence. Trump also claimed, quote, don't forget their $5 billion Obamacare website that should have cost nothing, seeming to deflect the relief checks and problems with the HBA rollout earlier in the week. On Friday, Trump, excuse me, on Friday, the New York City reported an additional 722 probable deaths, bringing the total probable deaths to 4,300. Total of 12,000 were confirmed or probably of probably dying uh, in New York City on 122,000 confirmed cases. On Friday, CNN reported while some early states on the coast have started to plateau, this week there was a small but significant spike in cases in rural states in America's heartland. Some of the states impacted Arkansas increased by 60%, Oklahoma 53%, Nebraska 74%, Iowa 82%, and South Dakota, which we talked about, 205% increase. On Friday, Politico reported Senate Democrats erupted on a conference call with Vice President Pence after Pence gave only vague answers on federal government's efforts to ramp up coronavirus testing. Mild-mannered Senator Angus King called it a, quote, dereliction of duty, saying, quote, I have never been so mad about a phone call in my life. On Friday, AP reported cable TV networks, CNBC and MSNBC, are continuing to broadcast Trump's daily briefing, 
amid a debate over how much unfiltered airtime to give. Major networks are not covering. Host Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon, Chris Hayes, and Joe Scarborough have suggested on air that their networks stop coverage. Maddow said, quote, all of us should stop broadcasting. It's going to cost lives. On Friday at the Daily Briefing, Trump defended protesters, saying they have endured, quote, too tough social distancing orders in their states and adding, they seem very responsible people to me. Again, this is 24 hours after he left it up to these governors, which was three days after he said he had absolute power. So that's what's going on this week. The New York Times reported Trump is trying to seize on the energy of the small protests popping up around the country to fuel his reelection and to deflect anger about his response from him and towards Democratic governors. Trump also said, quote, the governors are responsible for testing and claimed Democrat governors made, quote, requests were made far beyond what was objectively needed. Trump said he now expects around 60,000, maybe 65,000 American deaths without any mention or empathy for the more than 37,000 that have already died and said the death count under 100,000 will mean he did a great job. Trump said he hoped to have rallies saying, I think they're going to be bigger than ever. And close saying, quote, this has been a situation where a lot of great people have been involved and a lot of great decisions have been made. Again, the U.S. at this point accounts for roughly one in three cases worldwide, one in four deaths worldwide, and we're 4% of the population. On Friday, the Huffington Post reported the Trump campaign is secretly paying Donald Jr., his girlfriend, and Eric's wife, Laura Trump, $15,000 a month through Brad Parscale's private company. On Friday, the U.S. passed 700,000 confirmed cases. On Sunday, in a series of tweets, Trump attacked Democrats, saying, quote, no matter what you do for the do-nothing Democrats and their, quote, fake partners in the lamestream media, will only respond with negative. Trump cited a political story on Pence's Friday call with senators, saying, quote, he gave them everything they would have wanted to hear and calling Democrats on the call rude and nasty in capital letters. Trump also tweeted, the most often used phrase in the lamestream media by far is sources say claiming it allows fake news to make up phony quotes. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported FDA officials concluded that the CDC violated its own laboratory standards in making test kits in Atlanta at the main laboratory. In 24 of 26 labs, there was a false positive reaction given. The problem came from an unnecessary steps and testing process identified in late January. It took more than a month to remove exacerbating nationwide delays in testing. On Saturday, Floridians returned to the beach after Governor DeSantis gave a green light to loosen restrictions. The state had more than 24,000 cases and nearly 700 dead. On Saturday, Kim Pagan, a New Jersey woman organizing a protest at stay-at-home orders, was charged by New Jersey State Police for violating the governor's emergency orders. As the week came to a close, were 2,300, 2,300,000 worldwide cases, 150,000 dead. The U.S. had 715,000 cases and 37,600 dead. It is grim. Everyone stay inside, stay safe, and stay tuned.